We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? All right. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Budding Heads podcast by the Ramsock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Johnny, we went with the Marcus Peters intro today because on the eve of training camp, he signed with the Raiders, still getting them checks, uh, and they worked out him and Troy Hill, and I don't believe they signed Troy Hill, so our man Troy Hill, still on the market. How how are we doing over there in beautiful Southern California? You mean hotter than hell, Southern California? <laughs> Ain't much uh, better in New York, buddy actually the worst place in the world is death valley where it hit 132 degrees fahrenheit yeah um that at that point it's just ball sweat weather um you know (laughs) this is why you come to the podcast to hear about ball sweat weather uh but uh yeah regarding marcus peters of all teams why did he have to sign with the raiders he he's an Oakland boy, so you know he's not that they're in Oakland anymore, but they are not. <laughs> I'm I'm sure he's always wanted to play there deep down. Well, I guess it could be worse. He could have signed in our division, so I guess it's not so bad. But yeah, our boy Troy Hill is still out there though, so I'm curious if if he's and when he's gonna sign. I think the uh, okay. Apologize. This is who we signed, right? Akello Witherspoon. That is correct. Hell yes, I knew it was Akello. Wasn't sure about the last name. I think that signing might mean it's less and less likely. But I mean, like, if he's still there for free, and you know, we have cap space, we might as well. We'll see how training camp goes. We are going to continue our schedule preview on this pod, but since 
out of the four games we're going to go over, two of them we already talked about the teams, and those will be short. By the time you listen to this, training camp will have likely started or be starting for the Rams. So we're going to go over our five things we're most excited to watch in training camp. Now, I'm going to start here, Johnny, with an easy one. We've talked about it before. This is by far what I'm most excited for about this year's training camp and preseason. I cannot wait to see who plays in preseason games. Uh, Historically, the Rams have played virtually nobody who actually is going to play in the regular season, in the preseason. But because there is so many question marks on the depth charts, particularly on defense, and so many unproven guys are going to be slotted into starting spots, I cannot wait to see how McVay actually approaches this preseason. If Correct me if I'm wrong. I think some guys... Maybe even a lot. A lot of guys played in the 2017 preseason, right? Like, it, like I feel like Jared Goff played a little bit in that preseason. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think they did, and and I think that was kind of the catalyst as to uh, why he's took the cautionary approach. Uh, you know, in the years beyond that, but uh, yeah, uh, I it, it's going to be an interesting year regarding that for sure. Yeah, I quick Google. Jared Goff did play in the preseason, even played in the 2017 preseason finale. So, yeah, it was a 2018 offseason after the Rams had real expectations where they stopped playing anybody that mattered in the preseason. Uh, worked out that year. They went to the Super Bowl. It's been mixed results since then, but we did win a, win a Super Bowl as well in that time. And this is really the first... I mean, this is easily since 2017 the lowest expectations a Rams team has had going into a preseason and I think the most up for grab spots that aren't being contended for by veterans uh almost every spot up for grabs on the defense is young really young and unproven players uh I would imagine they would take a little more caution with the offensive line situation I'm very curious to see what offensive linemen play and don't play in the preseason I don't know if they will use preseason games to determine those starting spots just because of how McVay has behaved in the past but defensively I mean you can't not play the guys competing for cornerback and defensive end spots right like these guys have to play no for sure and I think that's kind of that's kind of gonna be like the exception to the rule I mean, it's going to be extremely obvious that uh, guys like Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, um, are going to, and Matthew Stafford, of course, are probably going to sit out this preseason. But for guys, especially the younger guys like the Byron Youngs, um, maybe even like guys like Mike Hawk, who um, was, I guess, someone that was promoted to a starter last year, I imagine that he would be even out there because. There is no uh, identifiable starter as an edge rusher. And there's quite a few other positions on defense that you could probably make that same argument for, such as cornerback and safety as well. And actually, pretty much every other spot except for maybe inside linebacker uh, and Ernest Jones, uh, they may arrest him also. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's 
that's going to be the interesting thing is you, there's kind of no way you can just, I, I mean, I suppose they can identify them in training camp and just not have them compete. But I would strongly ad- advise against that because you got to kind of see how a lot of these young guys, especially the rookies are going to complete uh, compete for the starting role. Yeah. I mean, defensively, Aaron Donald is not going to play. And I really don't, I, I would be shocked if Ernest Jones played and I'd be pretty shocked if Jordan Fuller played beyond that. Everybody's on the table. I mean, that's only three guys like everybody else should probably play. I mean, depending on how high they are on Akello Witherspoon, maybe you sit him out just because he's a vet and historically has been made of glass. Might not be worth trotting him out there, but basically everybody else on the step chart should probably play in the preseason. Offensively, about Kobe? Kobe, Kobe wouldn't shock me if they held him out and maybe like if they're dead set on Russ Yeast being the starting safety. Like, I guess you can hold him out too. Um, but like, I think Darian Kendrick should play. I think Robert Rochelle should play. Uh, all the rookies got to play. And then edge rushers, they all should play. Not a single one of those guys should be sitting out. Agreed completely. Uh, offensively, it'll be interesting because like they're not going to play. I, I really don't think they're going to play Stafford or Cup. Uh, they probably won't play Acres, Van Jefferson. Maybe even Skoranek doesn't play. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they took a similarly a similar approach they've done in the past with not playing anyone offense. But it'll be interesting with the line because you have guys competing for spots. But like they're probably not trotting no boom out there who's competing for a spot. So I don't know. That one will be interesting to watch too. But defensively, you have to play these guys, I think. The the line for sure, the offensive line for sure is is going to be one of the most interesting uh, positions to watch for because, uh, like you said, I, I'm sure a lot of these veterans on the offensive line, like the Joe Notebooms, like the Rob Havensteins, uh, maybe you can even throw in guys like uh, um, A.J. Jackson. You know, that that's a possibility that these guys are going to be held out because I think all three of these guys are going to be starting in some form of capacity. Uh, nothing official just yet, but call it a a really good, educated guess. Um, but other guys like, say, Brian Allen, who, I don't know. I mean, this is a guy that's kind of working for a starting role, though this guy is kind of notorious for injuries. So maybe you don't want to start this guy. And then, of course, there's Coleman Shelton, who's also battling for a spot. Do these guys get held out also? And, you know, do you trot out Logan Bruss out there? It didn't work out so well last year. And, uh, of course, Steve Avila, I would think you'd wanted to get a good look at him. But if he's vying for one of that starting roles, that's going to be an interesting guy to see if he's out there or not. Yeah, it's – apologies. Sore throat still kicking here. Avila is interesting too because, yeah, I – I have said, and I will continue to say, he's definitely starting. And I don't think, like, in in the past, there have been guys that have been trotted out in the preseason where I'm like, if that guy's playing, they're not going to play in the regular season. Terrell Burgess, the chief example, uh, who played in the preseason, we were like, that's it. 
He's done. He gets cut mid-year. Avila, though, is a rookie. Um, now, he's the highest rookie the Rams have ever had under McVay. Uh, the most, the highest before him was Gerald Everett, who was 2017. And as we said, that was a different preseason than what McVay has showed us. So he'll be an interesting one because if he plays, I don't necessarily think that means he doesn't start. I think that's just he's never played in the NFL. They're going to get him some reps. And I also had the offensive line battle on my list. Um, and I think we about covered that too. So that's two things on my list. What did you have on your list, Johnny? So for sure, having uh, um, the the preseason, I think, is is one I think everyone's going to be looking out for. I, I, I don't even think just for the Rams. I think for just about every team that's not competing for – for are, are for sure competitors for a Super Bowl. So teams like uh, the Kansas City Chiefs or the uh, or the Philadelphia Eagles, those are teams that probably don't have a very exciting preseason. Uh, you won't see, you know, as many potential starters uh, playing in the preseason more than likely. Uh, so with the Rams, though, it's very different because it's very clear that this is not a team that's going to be competing for a Super Bowl. Maybe for a playoff spot, but that's debatable in and of itself. So not what we're talking about here, but preseason is definitely on my list for sure. Offensive line it was definitely on my list for sure uh, because, I mean, th- this is an exciting time because not only is, um, as far as the offensive line goes, not only is there's quite a few training camp battles um, but there's also a lot of um, a lot of potential candidates to rotate in and out, um, and, and this is a much different problem than the Rams had last year, where they basically had a starting unit. I suppose we kind of identified early on who the starters were going to be, but behind them was was somewhat you know was a unit that you know it, it was very unidentifiable. And the injuries kind of wiped them away, and then the Rams had to resort to street free agents, and the rest is history. This year, there's so much options that it's kind of an overabundance amount of, of offensive linemen, which is a good problem to have. I would much rather have this than, you know, hope and pray we can sign a, a street free agent like Ode Abushi, who, to his credit, actually performed relatively well last year. Uh, considering he was a street-free agent. Um, that being said, I'll, I'll move on to another one of mine, which is, of course, the rookies. Now, I'm pretty sure that... Half the and, team. Yeah, and, and you're right. It's it's basically half the team. I mean, uh, not, not quite literally, but uh, a good chunk of the team, for sure. But um, when you consider this, that... The Rams drafted, and this is just the drafted prospects, uh, 14 draft picks. They have undrafted free agents that there's a good chance that at least like two to three will make the roster, maybe even more, uh, depending on how good of the undrafted free agents are. Um, but that, but that being said, rookies are huge in this year's. Um, off-season, this uh, training camp and preseason, because there's a lot to look for. 
you can name a starter um, just just out of the punter they drafted in Ethan Evans. That's one of the guys I for surely am going to be looking for because, again, there was no there's no competition for this guy. Uh, the Rams did not sign an undrafted punter. They did not add a veteran. So it's basically the Ethan Evans so- show. So um, I'm going to be looking out for him to see how he does. Of course, there's more than just a punter. There's other guys. We talked about Byron Young, uh, a guy that there's a very good chance that this guy's going to be a starter. Um, and if you go by kind of Stephen and myself's logic, there's a good chance that he's going to be playing in the preseason. So for surely another guy to look out for, there's the Zach Evans running back that could um, – easily take some uh, reps away from a guy like Kyron Williams. Um, you know, I, I'm real excited to see what he brings to the table. There's so many guys out there that you can name, and I, I can, you know, name all 14 guys, but uh, it, no one's going to sit here and listen to all 14 of these guys when we already did a, a draft podcast on that. <laughs> but I'll throw in one more guy to look out for, and uh, I'm actually really excited to see – what uh, Hodges Tomlinson is going to bring, uh, the cornerback. Yep. Uh, he's he's someone that just about every fan out there, uh, every uh, Rams fan out there is excited to see. And he, he has a good shot at starting So um, as, a, as a nickel corner. So if, if he uh, is a fast learner, this could be a guy to look out for and uh, hopefully help the Rams because – uh, man, this this division alone, uh, the NFC West division alone, is uh, a brutal division when it comes to uh, playing against some really top uh, receiving cores. Like if you do, if you play any position that's not quarterback, and, and maybe let's say tackle, if you have a killer training camp, you will probably play. Like no matter who you are on the roster. Uh, besides Matthew Stafford, like there are minutes or I guess snaps. We're not talking basketball here. There are snaps available at almost every position on the roster. Now, like if uh, Davis Allen has a killer training camp, is he going to be the starting tight end? No, but he will play. And almost every position down the line has snaps available for players. Uh, no matter if you are drafted or not, if you played in the NFL or not, uh, so it's going to be really exciting to see how that plays out with the rookies. Uh, Puka Nakua, I'm excited for as well. You didn't mention him. He's going to get some snaps in the preseason for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, Puka Nakua is someone a lot of people are are going to be looking out for because uh, from OTAs and minicamps, a lot of people have been hyping him up and uh, to kind of see him show what he's uh, all about uh, during uh, preseason and training camp, that that should be really interesting, especially when you got uh, another fellow rookie and uh, Stetson Bennett likely throwing him the football. Yep. So um, that seeing them as a tandem will be interesting. And uh, if, if both of them have a he- heck of a uh, preseason, maybe we'll see some uh, playing time for for Nakua, maybe not for for Bennett unless there's an injury for Matthew Stafford. But it is still something to watch because you know Matthew Stafford hasn't really had a healthy couple seasons. So um, if need be, the Rams may have to rely on Stenson Bennett, and uh, if he uh, shows that he's comfortable out there. Um, we may not have to use a guy like uh, Brett Ripon. Um, and uh, that, that to me is music to my ears because I, I think we all know what we have in, in Ripon, but we don't necessarily know what we have in Bennett, who the hope is going to be a career uh, backup quarterback that you can be confident in. Let me tell you something, Johnny. I could pretty confidently say they are not going to have to use Brett Ripon if Stetson Bennett is healthy. I would almost guarantee that. You know, I I want to agree with that. I really do. But at the same time, you got to remember, he's still just a rookie. And uh, it's going to tell us a lot in the preseason. If he, hey, hey, if he comes in, he comes out guns blazing and he, and he's finding his targets. I I think you can just about cut right in if there wasn't that rule that you kind of needed three quarterbacks on on your roster. Um, But you know, at this point, <laughs> I, I I can't really say for certain, but I, I do agree with what you're saying. I, I think the hope and and probably the uh, foresight is that uh, that Bennett will be your direct backup quarterback. If if Bennett's healthy and Brett Ripon starts a game this year, then I would bet Stetson Bennett will be in the USFL in no time. Uh I, I hope that's not the case. We, but uh, we talked a little bit about cast catchers. I'm excited to see how the wide receiver room uh, plays out this preseason. There's obviously a bunch of locks for the roster. Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, I would say Ben Skoranek, Puka Nakur, almost certainly locks. Same with Tutu. But then you've got Demarcus Robinson, a vet who's been pretty productive in the NFL as recently as last year. You've got Tyler Johnson who had an up and down career in Tampa, but showed some flashes and you've got preseason warrior from last year, Lance McCutcheon. And that's eight guys. And that's not even talking about the fact that you could have another Lance McCutcheon in an undrafted free agent that you've got sitting around. You know, they're probably not keeping seven guys unless one of these guys is a return specialist. So like, does Lance McCutcheon have to do that again to make the team? Is there a chance that one of these established guys or even Puka gets gets cut if things go poorly? 
I'm excited to see how that plays out. And I, I'm curious if they like, you know, I, I think they're obviously going to play like Tyler Johnson and Demarcus Robinson in the preseason. And I, I wonder what that'll look like if, if Robinson's not playing, you know, you got to think he's a lock to make the team. For sure. And, and, uh, I, I think to answer one of your questions there, uh, uh, McCutcheon for sure needs to have a stellar, um, you know, preseason, because if you go by last season, there wasn't, I mean, he really didn't do anything last season and he had opportunities, albeit he did get injured to be fair, but I mean, if there was ever a time to kind of showcase, uh, your stuff, you know, that was the time to do it. And, uh, unless he has another stellar performance, I mean, uh, a McCutcheon-esque performance in in the preseason, I really don't know if he's going to have a roster spot. Uh, maybe a pre uh, a, a practice squad spot, but uh, yeah, that that's a big question mark in and of itself, too. Yeah, and like, would he even make it to a practice squad spot if he did that again, or if, if he got cut? Because there are some thi- I can't believe I'm saying this, there might be some thinner receiving rooms out there because I, I feel like we have a deep receiving room, but like, I don't know if these guys are actually good. I don't, it doesn't make sense. Besides, besides Coop, a lot obviously. of potential. Yeah. There are guys who could be something. I don't know. There's a lot of guys who probably belong on rosters, but I don't know if they should all be playing. And Cooper cup who obviously should be playing. Yeah, for sure. And, I think a lot of it just depends on um, the veteran acquisitions that the Rams got. You know, is Demarcus Robinson, is he, you know, the same guy that, uh, you know, he was with the Kansas City Chiefs? You know, if he's that guy, he's going to be a valuable player for this roster. Can Tyler Johnson, you know, find that sort of rhythm he had when um, Tom Brady was throwing him the football in Tampa? You know, uh hasn't really seen a whole lot of recent success, but if he taps into that energy again, this could be uh, another uh, uh, nice addition that kind of flew under the radar. Um, those two, I think, is going to kind of set the um, the tone for this receiving core. And um, if, you know, they turn out to be someone uh, worthy of having on the roster, this is going to be a real interesting receiving battle also. Yeah, because I think it like today, I can pretty confidently say Demarcus Robinson is the third best pass catcher on this roster. But I think depending on like if they love what they have in Tutu and Puka Nakua um, and Skoranek in the preseason, do they keep Robinson? Like maybe not because it's not like he's an upside play. Like this guy's been around. You know, you know what you have. He can play. Um, he's probably not going to win you games, but he can go out there and catch passes uh, fairly consistently. But if if Tutu is doing what you're hoping he does, and if Skoranek takes another step, and if Puka uh, is healthy and looks like he's going to be a contributor, you might not need him on the roster. You know, maybe you keep McCutcheon and, and see if that plays out. Or, um, you know, I don't know. Ty, there's a chance Tyler Johnson, this could be his last stop in the NFL, but I think there's also a chance that he becomes a player 
And, you know, I would say he has more upside than Robinson, but, you know, he, this is his third team for a reason, third or fourth team. So we'll see. I'm, I'm really interested to see how this plays out. Give me something else on your list, Johnny. I have to talk about safety. Uh, safety is is uh, one of the the positions that I feel like I think people are concerned about, and I feel like people aren't necessarily excited about. I'm excited about safety, and the reason being is even though there is so much uncertainty with this core of of players, um, than the Rams have had in recent memory. Uh, I feel like that this could be a solid and tough unit to uh, to really determine who's not only going to be a starter, but who's going to even make the roster. Because you figure at most the Rams are going to carry five safeties. At most. I would be shocked if they carry five. They may only carry four. And when you consider this, you know, Jordan Fuller is your only veteran safety, basically. So Jordan Fuller most likely is going to be one of your starters. But the rest is kind of a mystery. You know, Rush Yeast it may end up taking that that spot uh, for for the starting opposite end of, of uh, you know, Fuller, which is great, you know. Um, but beyond that, uh, beyond Yeast, beyond Fuller, who else you got? Well, there's Quentin Lake, who we're still kind of determining, you know, where his role is with this team. And it's going to be interesting because he's very Jordan Fuller-like, you know, considering he's fully recovered from his injury. Um, Beyond that, the Rams also drafted uh, Jason Taylor. And, you know, this is a guy that could also compete for some playing time. uh, Or if, you know, the starters aren't, you know, uh, consistent enough, this is a guy that could maybe potentially take a starting role later on in the year if he's, you know, up to snuff. And then let's not forget some of the other guys uh, that the Rams uh, picked up as undrafted free agents, you know, the Quindle Johnson, the Rashad Torrance, you know, these are, these are guys that could easily challenge to uh, have a backup role for this team. But again, you only have so many spots. And the question becomes, Who's going to separate from the pack? And that's what I'm really interested in. That's what I'm really excited about because I feel like it just hasn't been covered enough. Yeah, I had the secondary battle on my list as well. And I think safety, it it might even be more interesting than cornerback because, like, we're not writing Russ Yeast and Sharpie as a starting safety. Like, that would be fucking insane. Um, And any of these guys can play, and I think historically – I mean, since Lesney had got here a decade ago, even under Jeff Fisher, with Jeff Fisher as a coach, they have been able to churn out safety production from mid-round picks for the most part. Um, you know, I think that they they signed Eric Weddle twice, I guess, uh, but mostly it's been random guys or like day two, maybe some day two picks, day three picks, you know, John Johnson, T.J. McDonald, LaMarcus Joyner, Rodney McLeod, uh, Taylor Rapp, and he was one of the higher picks who, you know, didn't really work out. Nick Scott, uh, Jordan Fuller is still here, but Nick Scott and Jordan Fuller were both 6th, 7th round picks, and they got a lot of production out of those guys. And 
Russ East, Quentin Lake are six, seventh round picks. And, you know, I, I think the jury's out on both of these guys, but they seem like they're going to be NFL players. Will they be starters? Will they be worth starting? I don't know. And I think you mentioned Jason Taylor, too. If he comes in the preseason and lights it up, he's going to play. And that wouldn't shock me. That shouldn't shock anyone. They've done it with Jordan Fuller in the past, and then they've done it against Jordan Fuller last year. So, and with Jordan Fuller, like, is he good? You know, he wasn't good last year. Is he going to be back to form? I, I think he will be. But, yeah, it's it's a really interesting position, I think, because, like, because Jordan Fuller's there, I think inherently we're talking about it less than cornerback and defensive end, edge rusher, because those positions don't have established guys there. And I guess Jordan Fuller is technically an established guy. The last thing on my list, Johnny, my my fifth thing, I am going to watch, and I can't wait for this, every clip of Matthew Stafford throwing a football like it's a fucking Zabruder film. Uh, and I can't wait for it. <laughs> we really don't know if he can throw. Like, I, he could throw, but we don't know if he could throw good. We got There was so much speculation about his elbow last year, and because the team was so dog shit around him, we all collectively kind of gave him a pass for not being good, as we should have. But, like, I, there's a chance he's toast. I don't think he is, but, like, you, you'd have to be insane to rule out that possibility after all the smoke about his arm last year. Like, we really didn't get a conclusive answer on it, and I would like to know because we owe him a ton of money. It, it is definitely worth watching for, and uh, Matthew Stafford is certainly going to be a guy uh, to keep an eye on in training camp because he for sure won't make a, an appearance in, in the preseason. But... Um, it's interesting because you're absolutely right. There is a chance that Matthew Stafford could be uh, someone that's just on, you know, tilting over, you know, the the height of his career. He's kind of on the downward spiral. And uh, it wouldn't be a huge shock because he's had a wonderful career. Um, there really isn't a whole lot left for him to prove. Uh, you know, he has a Super Bowl ring now, something he has, you know, been working towards his entire career. Um, but ever since coming to L.A., you know, he's had his moments where he looked like himself, and he had quite a few moments where it's like, who is this guy? And last year, because of the injury, there was a lot of people speculating if he would ever be able to throw the ball the same way again. And, you know, there was obviously an injury kind of nagging at him this year. If you ask Sean McVay, which you got to take that for a grain of salt because you don't know if he's just hyping up Matthew Stafford or if he's, uh, you know, actually serious that he looks like himself again. Um, so rather than just kind of taking Sean at his word, it's better to, you know, kind of view the tape that you're going to see during training camp. And I think there'll be plenty of footage from uh, everyone that's going to be attending uh, training camp. Um, so we'll see. I I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I too will be keeping an eye out for uh, 
Matthew Stafford and we'll have to see, man. It is, it is going to be exciting to see him out there. Hopefully he's throwing bombs out there. I hope so. He was on pace last year for half as many touchdowns as he had in 2021 and the same amount of interceptions roughly. So yeah. So, but again, the offensive line was the worst in the league and yeah, I don't I mean, I we're going to talk about Stafford a lot over the next month, I'm sure. So, we have to go too deep. Anything else on your list or do we cover everything? I'll I'll add one more thing, and that's Mike LaFleur's influence on the offense. Now, yes. this one's kind of hard to really keep track of because if you notice, I didn't say Mike LaFleur's offense. I said Mike LaFleur's influence on the offense because in reality, it's still going to be Sean McVay's offense. It'll just have a checks and balance with Mike LaFleur. Now, we've seen instances where this has helped. Uh, it did not help at all last year. But if you go by previous years, like his brother, the other LaFleur in, uh, in Green Bay, it worked out wonderful. You know, if you go back to uh, the Super Bowl era where you got O'Connell in, in Minnesota, it, it worked out for the better. Now, Mike LaFleur is, is inheriting a completely different type of team. You're getting a completely new look offensive line. There are some similar elements, but it's going to be a different offensive line for sure. This is definitely not your same receiving core. Um, you still have your same quarterback and running back, so there's that. Um, so I'm, I'm real curious to see if his is going to add anything or if the Sean McVay. If, if I'm hoping um, that – LaFleur will actually add a little bit and, you know, kind of swayed McVeigh to look at things a little bit differently. But I think overall we are starting to get that already simply by seeing how the Rams are trying to implement a more balanced offense. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's just because um, LaFleur is, is coming in. I think, um, you know, McVeigh has seen that, okay, there needs to be more than just an aerial assault. There's got to be more dynamic ground game. And I do think that's part of LaFleur's influence. Yeah, and I mean, as we saw last year, throwing the ball to Cooper Cup every single play can only get you, well, I'd say it can only get you so far, but it kind of got us to a Super Bowl. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but You're not wrong. But I think Odell was a, was a huge... His impact on that run uh, cannot be understated, and he was missed sorely last year. Uh, and yeah, like you, you, you named all the names there: Taylor O'Connell, Lafleur, McVay sent three offensive coordinators, well, offensive assistants, because Taylor wasn't even there. Um, two massive successes had coaches, so I mean, this is the launching pad. If you an offensive coach that wants to be a head coach in the NFL, there's no better position to be in. Um, and if Lafleur, if the offense is good this year, <laughs> Lafleur might be a head coach next year because for whatever reason that's just how this works. But like, yeah, there's there are things that need to be changed, and obviously 
who was the the bozo who was our offensive coordinator last year? I'm trying to forget. Liam Cohen. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, he went back to Kentucky as our offensive coordinator. I think um, things need to change. They will change, and I think Lafleur will be an influential part of that. Um, comes from Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree. And he's going to call plays in the preseason because McVay lets his guys do that. So, yeah, I I didn't even think about that, and that's definitely something I'm excited for. I keep forgetting we hired him. Uh, it's That's exciting. It's exciting. And after last or after how it went with Zach Wilson, my guy's certainly got something to prove here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't necessarily uh, blame LaFleur for that, but uh, it, it isn't a good look still. Yeah, agreed. Um, Take a quick break here, and then we'll get to the schedule preview. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, so we've been going for a while, Johnny. So we let's just quickly run through. Um, if you didn't hear the last two podcasts, I would recommend checking those out. We went through the first nine games of the schedule. Now we're coming out of the week 10 by, I believe I had the Rams three and six. You had them two and seven, right? That's correct. A lot more winnable games here in the back half. Week 11, we're home against the Seahawks. We'll quickly run through this in week 12 because we already talked about these teams. I don't have a ton else to say about the Seahawks. Bobby Wagner homecoming game though. That's true. That's true. This is week 11. I think the Rams will have some shit figured out by this point. And it's at home. It's coming off a bye. I'm going to take the Rams here, Johnny. I'm taking this the upset. Uh, I mean, this is probably the first upset pick of the, the schedule we've done. I'm taking the Rams 31 to 28. Move that record up to four and six. Playoffs, here we go. That's, uh, I mean, I, I think it, in essence, it it wouldn't be a huge shock if the Rams are going to end up with a victory here uh, against the division rival. Um, I think we've mentioned this several times that uh, nobody plays each other hard, as hard as the NFC West teams do. That being said, um, as much as I'd love to say that the Rams are going to pull out with the victory here, I just I can't see it. I think that while I do think the defense is going to improve a little bit here, um, and I do think they're going to figure some things out, I don't think it's going to be enough to stop this uh, offense. You know, I'm not a big Geno Smith believer, but 
at the same time, I, I think they have one of the best receiving cores in, in football. And I think we're going to have one of the worst secondaries in football. So in the end, I, I give the Seahawks a victory here. Uh, I'll go ahead and say 35 to 27. Geno Smith is rated better than Matthew Stafford and Madden. So that that rating for Matthew Stafford and Madden is kind of criminal. Yeah, I, I don't I don't even get the Madden ratings anymore because all the quarterbacks felt really low. But like, yeah, he's not top twenty, and this came out about the same week. NFL players and coaches and executives ranked him the 10th best quarterback in the league. So very polarizing figure, uh, our guy Matthew Stafford. Okay, so I had the Rams winning that game. You had them losing. Week 12, we're at the Cardinals. I mean, any lingering thoughts on the Cardinals? I think we kind of covered them. No, not really. I just, I mean, they're the Cardinals. (laughs) I think... As you said, NFC West games are weird, and while I think we'll be a better team than the Cardinals, they also have to win games at some point. I think Kyler Murray will be back. I think they're at home. Uh, I think they take this one from us, 26-23. So we split this little NFC West series for me. You got a different result? Actually, yes. I'm going to give the victory to the Rams here. Yeah, I I think that Kyler will certainly be a, a big difference here over what I believe will be Colt McCoy. Um, yes. And, and yes, he will make a huge difference. But at the same time, I feel like Kyler still is inheriting a, a pretty awful team. And as a result, I think that the Rams are just going to be a, a little bit better here. It's going to be a lot more challenging for the Rams, but I think they end up getting the victory. I'm going to say a close one and a heartbreaker at home for the Cardinals, uh, 31 to 30 Rams. Uh, yeah, I definitely can see the Rams winning this game. I do think if Kyler's playing, this offense might be better than people think. There are still some good players uh, on that unit, but I mean, I don't think the team's going to be good. Nah. Uh, speaking of teams I don't think are going to be good, week 13, we play the Browns. Uh, the Browns went 7-10 and 10 last season. The story of their season, and which will probably carry into this season, was that Deshaun Watson missed a majority of the season. Um, and they did add some guys. Dalvin Tomlinson was a big free agency ad for them. They also added Juan Thornhill, safety from the Chiefs. Uh, to bolster the secondary. They also signed Rams legends Johnny Rodney McLeod and Bania Okoronkwo, uh, whose name I do not miss saying, our boy Oboe. Uh, and they traded for Elijah Moore. So they made some they made some moves. Um, last season when Watson came back, they went 3-3. Three and three. Their wins were against the Texans, the Ravens with Tyler Huntley, and the Washington Commanders. Um, so, you know... I'm not impressed. They lost to the Saints and the Steelers in that stretch, as well as the Bengals. Uh, Watson threw for 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. He averaged 183 yards a game, the lowest of his career, by a whole 60 yards. Do you think that he can get back to where he was at three, what is it, three years ago now, three seasons ago? Do I think he can improve from last year? Yes. 
Do I think he can get to almost MVP-like form? No. No, I don't. I, I don't think he's that same quarterback, um, but, I, but I do think he's still going to be a pretty good quarterback. Um, I just think if Browns fans are expecting, you know, a, a top three or even a top five quarterback, I don't, I don't think it's Deshaun Watson anymore. Yeah, so as far as uh, him being rusty, I can kind of understand that. I, I can understand him, you know, not being able to throw the ball as efficiently because, you know, I have to shake off uh, the rest a little bit. But at the same time, you know, there was certain mistakes that he was making that elite quarterbacks just don't make. And I may just be an armchair, you know, general manager here, but um, I I didn't see what I liked prior to uh, his uh, questionable off-the-field problems. Um, so... That being said, I, I still think he's going to be a fine quarterback. I think he's definitely going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with to an extent. Just if you're expecting him to be in the same rank as, like, say, a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes, Brown fans will be disappointed in that regard. But still a pretty solid guy. Yeah, I'm really happy he's not on our team and that I don't have to root for him. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't like this guy. Uh, his stupid contract broke the NFL. Um, I don't think he's going to get ever get back to close where he was at. I mean, this guy had so much to, to like, it should have had the biggest chip on his shoulder possible coming into last season and to play just as much uninspired football as he played. Like I, I just, I don't believe in him. Um, and I don't believe him either at all. Uh, and I, but I, I don't believe him as a football player really either. I mean, if, if this offense is bad, like with the players around him, with Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, you bring in Elijah Moore, uh, you've got David Njoku there. If if this if you can't wait, like put up numbers with this offense around him, I don't know what what more you want. I mean, it's not the best offensive unit in the NFL, but you have one of the best running backs in the NFL. Arguably the best downhill runner in the NFL, maybe besides Derrick Henry. You have Amari Cooper, who is a very, very good receiver. Um, you bring in Elijah Moore, who has played well in his career, and you've got some other guys in there. And David Njoku, I think, is, after that first tier of tight ends, probably one of the the more talented guys you can have. I, I just There's no excuse if he's bad this year. If he's bad this year, I think that you're just you're saddled with that stupid fucking contract you gave him. And you reap what you sow. I hope they're bad for the next decade. This is what they deserve. Um, Steve, I, I can't tell. Do you like uh, Deshaun Watson? No, dude. He shouldn't be in the NFL. You suspended him for 11 games, which means you are saying he did something wrong. But what he was accused of is only an 11-game suspension. Fuck off. Miss me with that bullshit, man. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> If you were acknowledging of, he did something wrong, he shouldn't be playing in the NFL. I, I mean, you're definitely not wrong, especially when you consider that they suspended Calvin Ridley for an entire year for gambling. I know <laughs> the situations are not the same, and there are rules written down for gambling. But yes, it is the worst possible look for a league that has had so many bad looks in this specific subject 
with Deshaun Watson that like this is where we're at. Like it's unbelievable. Um, they're plus thirty five hundred to win the Super Bowl, which is like middle of the pack. It's the same as the Saints. So it's, I don't think that's good. Uh, it's a tough division. I think they're going to be mid mid again. Uh, I think they're going to be stuck in mediocrity for as long as he's on the team. I'm picking the Rams here, man. I'm picking the fucking Rams. Uh, 24 to 12 because they can't do anything. I don't know. I can't pick the Browns. They're, they're becoming my new Saints. I, I think that Steve kind of convinced himself on this one because <laughs> I, I I do agree with Steve on uh, a couple of accounts. I, I agree that um, – I don't see Deshaun Watson being this back to this elite quarterback that so many other analysts are, are suggesting he will be. I, I don't see it, especially if you go based off of last year's results. I also agree that Deshaun Watson is a piece of shit, but um, that's just my opinion on the matter that nobody gives a damn about Uh, as far as the Rams playing against the Browns. As much as I don't want to say this, I think that the Rams end up losing this game. And it's because, not necessarily because of Deshaun Watson, but because that this team is stacked with offensive talent. So much so that if Deshaun Watson just royally screws up and has a horrible 2023 season, he has zero excuse at that point. He's a terrible quarterback because you have – um, maybe not the best receiving core in football, but you have a pretty solid one with Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. Um, and that's not to mention a couple of other guys that, that they could absolutely uh, see out there. Um, you have, in my opinion, one of the, one of the best running backs in football, certainly a top three running back, if you were to ask me. And uh, I think Nick Chubb is, is going to be the X factor here. I think he's ultimately going to be the guy that leads uh, the Browns to victory here. Yeah, he I could, think it's going to be close one, but I think the, uh, yeah, <laughs> I I think it's going to be a close one, and I think what's going to keep the the Rams in the game is that the the Browns defense, while it did improve a little bit, it's definitely not a, a stellar defense by any means. It's not, um, it's not an elite defense in my opinion. Um, but it's going to be solid enough to keep the Rams at bay. And uh, I think the Browns end up winning 28 to 24. Yeah, the the Browns are a better team on paper. Um, but I, I really don't think the gap is that crazy. I, like you said, the, the defense isn't that inspiring. And I, I just, I, I'm not inspired by Watson. And um, yeah, they're going to need a big year from Big Chubb, Nick Chubb, which, who I love. And I think they'll get, so. I think it wouldn't be a, a huge shock if the Rams end up winning this football game. It's a winnable game, so at home, uh, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll see. Um, well, on the flip side of winnable games, week 14, we travel to Baltimore. Um, now, this is another game where the last time we played the Ravens, we were on the road, and I don't understand how this keeps happening. But I guess the new scheduling is weird because <laughs> we're on the road again. Uh, the Ravens went ten and seven last season. They went seven and four in games that Lamar Jackson finished. Um, 
They went three and two in games where Tyler Huntley finished, uh, who uh, played the last couple games, and they lost in week 18. Johnny, can you name the Ravens' starting quarterback in week 18? Was it Huntley? No, no, it wasn't Huntley. Uh, wait, I should know this. I forgot this was this happened. I forgot Huntley missed a game. Ah, uh, damn. No, I don't remember. Who who was the starter? I would not have either. It was Anthony Brown. Who the hell is Anthony Brown? He uh, is a quarterback from... Oh, well, there's another Anthony Brown that came up on Wikipedia. So let me find the right one. He's a quarterback out of Oregon. Uh, <laughs> who was, a, I'm assuming, an undrafted rookie last year. Uh, who was a third-string quarterback and played when I think Huntley was in concussion protocol. Um, doesn't matter. Huntley came back for the playoffs. Pro bowler, mind you. Pro bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley uh, <laughs> played in the playoff game. Uh, they had an admirable performance against Cincinnati but fell short without Lamar Jackson. Um, a lot of people criticized Jackson for not forcing himself to play. I think that shit is so stupid especially when he's fighting for a new contract. And Lamar Jackson rightfully uh, was bitching that he had to get an unrealistic contract because dipshit uh, Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson a guaranteed $230 million contract and broke the NFL. Um, Jackson and the Ravens were at a standstill for a while until Jalen Hurts signed a crazy contract extension and then... The Ravens ponied up. They paid the former MVP five years, $260 million contract, uh, $185 million in guaranteed, making Jackson the highest paid player in the NFL. Um, now, I'm not going to ask you if Lamar Jackson should be the highest paid player in the NFL because whoever is the most recently signed quarterback usually just gets that title. Joe Burrow will be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL pretty soon, I would guess. But where are you at with Lamar? Man, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's worth every penny. Uh, where are you at with him? I, I think he's great, but I know a lot of people feel... I don't think anyone thinks he's bad, but I think people feel differently regarding how he's ranked amongst the best quarterbacks in the league. I think when when Lamar Jackson is healthy... He is an unstoppable force. You know, um, I think that his arm has improved quite a bit um, since entering the NFL, especially his dreadful rookie season. Um, But that being said, the biggest issue I have with Lamar Jackson isn't necessarily his talent. It's his health. You know, this is a guy that never stays healthy and, uh, if, if you're the Ravens, you are praying that this guy gets back up after getting hit. And especially for a guy that does like to retreat a lot rather than just throwing the football away or trying to force something, um, it's almost a guarantee that this guy's going to get injured in 2023. So I don't know. Like, I, I understand, like, it's, it's a tough situation for the Ravens especially because you have such a talented young quarterback and there would be a team that's going to absolutely give this guy 
a, a massive contract. Um, but it, it's it's a tough burden to bear. I, I am not envious of, of the Ravens for that reason. But let, if we're talking just from a talent perspective, he's absolutely one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You can easily make him uh, a top five to seven quarterback. Yeah, I and it's like, what's the alternative? Not have Lamar Jackson? Like, <laughs> just like he, yeah, like he's going to get that money. If it's from you or if it's from somewhere else, um, the health is a concern for sure. But he is, I mean, like literally the best rushing quarterback ever. Like he's playing the league for five years. He's coming off the heels of Mike Vick and Cam Newton. It's, it's not even close. Uh, he's easily the best running quarterback of all time. And factor that in with, I don't think his passing has necessarily improved since his MVP season a couple years ago, which is a slight concern. Um, but the he, he's had an uninspired receiver room the last couple of years for sure. And now you come into this year, you draft Zay Flowers, you sign Odell Beckham, our guy who I'm really excited to see play this year. Um, and I, I like that contract. It was a one-year deal, a lot of money for a one-year deal, but I think it's worth the risk. You've got Rashad Bateman, who you know has also been injured, but it was a he was a first round pick, right? Like he might be a thing. Uh, Mark Andrews is still there, I think, kind of undeniably the second or third best tight end in the league. The running back room is kind of a mess, but they can with Lamar Jackson, they could get like I think I could run for fifty yards on this team. Uh, just like anyone can get yards, they signed Melvin Gordon. I bet he can get yards on this team, like. Uh, it's crazy, and I think this is going to be a huge year for Jackson. You know, this contract, he has pieces around him. They have a good team. Um, I think they're going to be really good, and I think he really, you know, he got the contract. He needs to he needs to put up what, in my opinion, he has to have the second-best year of his career to really put everything to bed here and prove that he absolutely deserves that money. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think um, if uh, if everyone stays healthy, and 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 I think that's an important thing too. Uh, Steve kind of brought this up and ta- uh, touched on this a little bit. Is injuries have been a huge factor for the Ravens in general, not just for Lamar Jackson. Of course, he's kind of the focal point, and especially now since he's he got paid. But um, you got a lot of guys with the injuries history, you know, even your younger guys like Rashad Bateman, um, who has potential, you know, he has shown flashes where he can be a, a stud, but he's never healthy enough to really, you know, kind of showcase that. Yeah. He's already and, on the pup list. Yeah, <laughs> same same with JK Dobbins. Who's literally always hurt. I, you know, at this point, I think the, the Dobbins experiments kind of done because of his injuries. Um, and it's it's a big reason as to why they went out and signed Melvin Gordon. Um, Gus Edwards still there, also always yeah. hurt, but still there. And then they went out and signed Odell Beckham, who was coming off a major injury. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of questions there. Mark Andrews has had uh, his fair share of injuries himself. So um, that being said, I do love the addition of Zay Flowers. In my opinion, between him and Quentin Johnston, they were my favorite receivers in this year's draft. 
Um, so I, I think that there is a lot of weapons here. As long as they stay healthy, this is going to be a very solid team. But that's a big if. That's the biggest if. Um, because from a, a talent perspective, this this is going to be a really talented team. Just can they stay on the field? And considering they stay on the field, personally, I don't think they end up, uh, the Rams end up with the W here. I think they take an L. And uh, the Ravens end up winning here uh, at a sad 24 to 20 victory over the Rams. Yeah, I've got the Rams 30. Or, sorry, <laughs> I got the Ravens uh, 38 to 21. And I just, I just think the, I just think they're really good. Uh, they're plus 2,000 to win the Super Bowl. Those are the eighth highest odds. I don't hate them. I don't hate those odds. They got a great coach. Um, they need a lot of guys to stay healthy, but even in that receiver room, like you got two out of those three guys healthy, it should be a good group. Uh, I love the Zay Flowers pick as well, and I think like, yeah, you're paying Lamar all this money. Load up that offense, man. Uh, get as much help as you can give him. Let him really show you what he's got because um, you know he's definitely not the best passer in the NFL, but I think he can pass. Uh, I think he passed well when he had when he has these weapons and. Uh, we will see. Luckily, Mark Andrews is like always healthy, and we even mentioned Isaiah Likely, the backup tight end, who's also really good. Uh, I think we could see a lot of two tight end sets. I think this offense is going to be crazy. The Rams did win their last game against Baltimore at the end of 2022 when Tyler Huntley played. They barely squeaked out a 2019 20 win, um, but I probably will never pick them to beat Lamar Jackson after the 2019 Monday Night Football game. That will uh, forever live in my head. Yeah, I try not to think about that game. I think if you go back and listen to our post-game podcast after that, I think we were just like, well, what did you expect? Yeah, don't don't miss that. And uh, if everyone's healthy on the Ravens, it could be a very depressing podcast that, that day too. Yeah, well, you know, they're good. Um, and I remember, I think it was like either back-to-back or really close together was that Ravens game and then that Cowboys game that year where they just wrecked us. Um, and for whatever reason, the Cowboys one was just so, I just remember being so much more depressing because I think for the Ravens game, we were kind of just like, before the game, I think we were just like, there's no way we can stop this team. And then the Cowboys game though, we had like, we beat him in the playoffs the year before, and uh, and that and that basically ended our season. <laughs> That's another game I try to forget. <laughs> that was a tough one. <sighs> that was a tough. I lost one. money on that game. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so I think I have them. This would have been thirteen games, right? I have them five and eight. You yes. have them four and nine. I think I have them three and nine. Shit. Yeah, you might. <laughs> it's not good. No, you have them three and ten. Three and ten. Sorry, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, based on my project, my my trajectory, uh, I, the Rams aren't making the playoffs. <laughs> 
it's funny because like when in the last couple of years we've always had much higher expectations and I feel like you always had them going like 13 and four or some shit. And then now you're just flipping to being so much less optimistic when I was always a pessimist. Uh, and now I'm the one giving them more wins. I, I think Derek got to me a little bit. <laughs> I wonder if Commander, Saints, Giants, 49ers, don't give it away, but I wonder how many wins you're going to give them. Uh, <laughs> it could if, be three. Well, I, I might be the new Derek Downer. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, we'll see. It'll be a. I, I, I honestly think, I, it, like, I just hope they're not boring, man. I just hope this team's not boring. That's my only I, wish is that I don't want them to be boring. I, I feel like that that will come true. I feel like this team will definitely not be boring because there's just so many much unexpected things to look out for. And I, I don't think there's really anyone with the illusion that this is going to be a, 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 you know, Cinderella team where they're just going to come out of nowhere and, and you know, have a, a huge, massive playoff run or something. Um, but so I, still, I, think, I still don't think that's impossible. Like, that's on the spectrum of possibilities. I, I, I think you may be the new Johnny. I, I'm, I'm not I, – I think it's highly unlikely. But, like <laughs> – there are still a lot of really good fucking players on the team. Well, there's like there four is. of them, but but yeah, I, it's highly unlikely. Um, and and I think because there is little expectation, there is a lot more to for the fans to kind of look at because if if it goes as expected, this is going to be uh, you know kind of a forgettable year in terms of where the Rams end up going, but. Um, that's, you know, kind of a catalyst to the 2024 season where, again, we have to remind everyone there's going to be a lot more money available and there's going to be a uh, draft picks available for now. Yeah. yeah, it's they can turn this around fast if it's bad this year. And you got to remember that you got to you got to cope. Use that as your copium after every loss. It's just last year, like before Baker got here, they were so fucking boring, man. Like, it was just a chore to watch them every week. And then Baker, thankfully, injected some life uh, into the team, and it looked like people were starting to have fun again. But I just can't sit through what we sat through for the first half of last year. It was just so miserable and just, like, the most boring and uninspired football. And I think because expectations are low this year um, – McVay is just going to open it up. I don't think he's going to – if he plays as conservative as he did last year, uh, it's going to be so depressing. I, I really would be surprised if that happens. I'm just happy that they beat the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, – and that basically ended their season. That was, I, uh, that was fucking delightful. I had so much fun watching that game. That was yeah, – that was probably my favorite podcast ever. Just coming on after that game. That was insane. We'll always have that. I'm rooting for Baker. Uh, any parting thoughts before we wrap this up? Nah, not really. Just uh, excited to that football is finally, finally coming back to us. Can't wait. Uh, I'm done plugging Twitter or whatever the fuck the new name of the company is. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably set up an email or something so you guys can send in questions if you want. Um, but we will be back next week. 
to wrap up the schedule preview, and maybe we'll even have some news from camp. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.